What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast uh dropping this one uh, a little late on wednesday um because uh our guest the esteemed the one and only um just you know he broke the mold uh mark berman of the new york post um we were supposed to tape last night but um, there was a just a ton of of uh, media day coverage, the opening of media media week, I should say. So we pushed it back to um, Wednesday morning and uh, actually just got done recording. And uh, as as it should be no surprise, Mark dropped a few gems, which you're going to enjoy. So stick around for that interview. Also, uh, just a reminder to anybody out there who is not a subscriber to the Knicks Film School newsletter, uh, this week I am doing a five-part series on my five biggest training camp questions facing the organization. Today's edition actually highlighted uh, R.J. Barrett and what he is and what do they need to do to uh, help him be successful. So, uh, feel free to jump on there and subscribe to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's out there. Also, um, our YouTube channel is up and running, has been for about three weeks now. Uh, I keep teasing that there's going to be some stuff up there aside from just videos of the pods that is coming. Stay patient. We just, we want to make it really good and, um, you know, kind of hit the ground running and, and start off with a bang. Um, but in the meantime, uh, the videos of the pods are, are up there in nice little snippets. Um, in a few days, you're going to be able to see, <laughs> you're going to see, uh, Berman smiling face coming at you on the YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, just go to youtube.com and, and search for Nick's film school. And last but not least, I am very, very, very happy to say that we have um, a new sponsor, which I am going to tell you about right now. Um, so injuries are a part of sports. Uh, Joakim Noah just retired. Talk about someone who was a, a Nick and, and got injured. Um, if a Nick or a Jet gets hurt, typically they recover. But well, unless you're Joakim Noah. Um, but when one of us is injured because of someone else's negligence, it can be a life changing event. And what you want is a strong legal team fighting for you to make sure you receive full compensation for your injuries. You want to be able to call that legal team whenever you want. You don't want to be a file on a shelf with hundreds of others, and you don't want your lawyers to be afraid to go to court. The legal team at Faruqi and Faruqi gives every client their personal cell phone number to call 24-7. It limits the number of clients they represent at one time, and they have a long track record of taking on insurance companies, corporations, and the government in court and winning. And while prior results do not guarantee similar outcomes, you learn more about them by going to nylegalteam.com. 
Again, that is nylegalteam.com. One more time to go check out Faruqi and Faruqi, visit nylegalteam.com. And without further ado, my interview with Mark Berman of the New York Post. All right. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, he's a returning guest, although I'm I'm ashamed that this is only his second time on. I think he's too he thinks he's too good for me. I think that's what it is. Um, you know, and I want to say on the outset, I know there's been a lot of calls for keeping this young uh, playing the kids. This podcast isn't going anywhere, but I am doing what I think is right. I am bringing in the veteran because he gives us the best chance to win. And winning is important here. So 20-plus-year veteran of the New York Post and the New York Knicks beat, a legend in his own right, Mark Berman. Mark, how are you? Uh, happy to be here, Jonathan. Thanks so much. You're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, That's very kind of I like just... Tom Thibodeau as you just tried. I, I'm, I'm doing what I can here. I, it's it's how, how, how long until there's a mutiny? Um, although I guess that was Jim Boylan, not Tom Thibodeau. Um, so let's get right to it. You, you have stuff to do. I have stuff to do. Um, Leon Rose is the president. I think the last time we talked, he had it was like a rumor, right? He or he was allegedly going to be hired. And, and now it's he's been there for a while. Um, I think over the last few weeks, you have caused some. I'm going to say consternation in the fan base because people like me are looking for any reason to like this regime and, and, and what they're doing and their measured patience and all, so much has been made of this. And you paint not a not an altogether different picture, but you've kind of hinted at like, look, they wanted to do big stuff. Um, so I'm just going to open it up to you. Can you offer some clarity as to your, your yeah. position here? I know I, you see the Twitter reaction and people have attacked me because they feel that I'm ripping the organization. I think what they've done is actually a good thing. It's actually a blessing in disguise, but that wasn't their intent. Their plan A was to do big things and give Tom Thibodeau a real veteran laden roster for his first season and part of the ideology of that is if you're a winning team, then you completely change the culture and image and free agents want to play with the Knicks. The depressing part of this free agency yep. is they struck out on a lot of their targets. Fred Van Vliet, as we've written, did not give the Knicks a look, did not talk to them. Wanted nothing to do with them. I mean, yes, he probably didn't want a lot to do with other teams. Think about it. Players used to never want to play or stay in Toronto and resign, or maybe Vince Carter at one point, but it, it just shows that the sign of the times that Van Vliet didn't, the Knicks had the most cap space along with Atlanta. Van Vliet didn't even want to talk to them. So I think my concern is, yes, they did a good job keeping cap flexibility, but they were forced into it. No one very good wanted to be here they sign guys kind of on the bottom of their free agent lists. So the troubling part is next summer, is anything going to change, especially if the team wins 22 games as Las Vegas thinks they will. So I think that what has happened is a good thing. They have trade flexibility. I think that's the best part of this. But I think the fact that the image has not changed with the Knicks is disturbing. Leon Rose and William Wesley have these great reputations with connections around the league. But 
nothing materialized and it was not their plan A. Uh, listen, I think Chris Paul coming to the Knicks was not the best idea. I think, listen, he had his, his flourish last season, but great year. that was it. His, it. Maybe that was it. So I think it was a blessing in disguise, actually, that he really didn't want to play for the Knicks this particular season. I wrote he wanted to be close to his son in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I've I've kind of written similar things, which is that I thought Leon Rose was not going to close off any avenue and he was open to everything. Um, I guess I, I'm just wondering how, and, and this is more an opinion, like how disappointed is he really? Do you think he is like beside himself that he couldn't get some of these bigger names? Or do you think he's like, okay, we're going to shoot for this, right? We're going to shoot for the stars. If it doesn't happen, we still feel good about this approach that we're taking. That's kind of how I hope he's looking at it, which I, you know, I guess we'll find out. I think he wanted to make a bigger splash. I think the person though, most disappointed is Thibodeau, although during the day he put up a brave face and said, you know, this is their roster. And if we do all the right things, good things are going to happen. I asked him particularly is, you know, is, or the playoffs a goal with this type of roster. And he says, uh, yeah, we're trying to win. And if everyone buys into the program and people make sacrifices, you know, Again, the quote, good things will happen. But for them to make the playoffs, I mean, they're going to need a lot of overachieving. They're going to need a lot of great strides from not just Randall. Randall's got to be better. But they need Barrett to be very efficient. They need Knox, actually, to be what John Calipari thought he could be. Year three. He said three years. Right. (laughs) And they need Toppin to make a a big impact. He's 22 years old, and everyone says he's the most ready rookie uh, coming into the league. And I think if he gets minutes, I think maybe he could compete for rookie of the year. Uh, So a lot of – there's so many ifs. But Tom put up a brave face. I know he wanted to get some more solid veterans in. I know he wanted a Rondo or an Augustine to run the point. But listen, he's a great coach, and we'll see just how great he is uh, as the season starts. Um, so you already brought it up, uh, the idea of the vets. You sent out a tweet yesterday that made me laugh that ended – or you put a quote of, of, from him about, you know, he's going to play who gives him a chance to win, and then you ended it with, oh, boy. Um, my, my assumption is that that is more because you are already bracing yourself from what is uh, coming from the fan base when Alec Burks plays – yeah, 25 minutes and uh, I'm sure Iggy Brasdakis is sitting there in his in his warmups and he never takes them off. Is that is that where you were going for over there? Well, uh, Iggy might not even make the 15 man roster. I was going to ask you about that. Actually, you but, took the words but, out of my mouth. But the Burks playing 25 minutes and Kevin Knox playing zero minutes. I mean, that's that's what we could be facing if Kevin is not a defender. Uh, you know, Thibodeau will put you on the floor if you play defense. And that's been his. Achilles heel. Kevin Knox has low energy on the defensive end. And unfortunately, last season, he had low energy on the offensive end and yeah. seemed to have lost his confidence. So, yeah, I, I'm i going to be asking Tom Thibodeau on these Zoom calls, uh, you know, uh, how come Kevin didn't play in the second half or whatever. I just it's 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 kind of deja vu because that's what was going on with Mike Miller. See, I was disappointed in Mike Miller late last season coming after the all-star break mm-hmm. 
after the trade deadline, after yeah. Marcus Morris got traded to the Clippers for a draft pick. I mean, a, a nice late first round draft yeah. pick. But he was traded. So you're basically screaming, we're rebuilding. And Kevin Knox still couldn't get minutes. And that was frustrating as a journalist covering a, a rebuilding franchise that is still playing Reggie Bullock as the starting small forward. And now Reggie's And Mo Harkless, by the way. And Mo Harkless, Harkless, who, who was, was an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Knicks had never any intentions. In fact, Mo never even showed up to those OTAs. Uh, so that's one of the issues that we're going to be facing all season. Maybe if the Knicks are winning, no one's saying anything. Listen, if the Knicks are winning, and we're playing 500 basketball. No one's going to say, why didn't Kevin Knox? You, you know, could be playing. And they, I mean, right. I, I think you would actually be a, a decent point right. guard. Uh, because option that means at this things point. are working, but the Knicks weren't winning late last season. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Reggie was still, you know, getting minutes over Knox. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think there, there is, um, I think there's a fine balance with this stuff. It's like, there are, yes, there are people out there who anytime you put a veteran on the floor, they're going to, they're going to raise hell. I think as long as you're seeing enough, of them like you know and i think it, it makes it even more difficult because frank nilakina in particular has been this lightning rod over the last few years um you wrote you mentioned him uh in your i forget if it was your last column or your next to last one um that and you mentioned he might be gone at the trade deadline because he's obviously entering a restricted free agency i personally was I thought he'd be gone by now i thought he was going to get traded at some point in the last three weeks and i'm a little surprised he didn't because Again, we don't have to spell it out. Look at all the guys they brought in at the wing. Look at how they were desperate for literally anyone at point guard, right? To, to get to get in here. Um, I don't see the organizational belief in him. And this is now a fourth coach. This is now a one, however many people running the yard. Are you a little surprised he didn't get dealt in the last week or two? Or do you think that's just more a function of they came close and they couldn't work something out? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think there's time. I think they want to see him. And listen, uh, they don't look at him as a uh, point guard to play starters minutes, but coming off the bench and playing some defense for 18 minutes a night and maybe some point guard, you know, they see, uh, you know, a smaller role for Frank, but listen, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, he may have some decent trade value for a team needing a, a, a jolt at the trade deadline. And if they know they're not going to resign him, you might as well see what you could get for him, especially since they are in the mode of collecting draft picks. Dennis Smith has no trade value right now. Oh, so harsh. put him out on media harsh. day. They only made three players available, and yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. was one of them. Yeah. And I know they're trying to trade him, but they need to build up his trade value. They're talking up, up a big game. Uh, behind the scenes that Dennis is going to compete for the starting point guard job, blah, blah, blah. I just don't see it. Listen, his first couple of years in Dallas, he played decently. He, you know, he had some real big, big games. In fact, a triple double on his last game as a Maverick. Yeah. But last season was such a regression. I know so many bad things happened to him, including, you know, unfortunately the passing of his stepmother. But if he doesn't show anything in training camp, He's not going to play. There's a plenty of point guards on that roster, but they would love to build up his trade value again and give him some playing time. And listen, he was the ninth pick in the draft, and some people during that draft thought he might go top five. So there's something there, but he just did not improve. And we'll see if 
the shooting coach, Mohamed Abdul Rayouf, has helped him, you know, get a, an outside shot. He's, he's turnover prone. He's not a good defender. Thibodeau is great with point guards. We'll see what he could do. Yeah, I, I don't know if I had heard, you know, around the way that uh, Steve Mills, I don't know if it was a promise, but had basically told him, look, we'll find another home for you before last season's trade deadline. And then Steve Mills um, got uh, reassigned, uh, shall, shall we say. <laughs> well, but no one wanted, I mean, they, they couldn't trade him. There was no one, yeah, maybe a 2023 second round pick, but that regime with Mills and Perry, when Perry had more power, Dennis Smith Jr. was part of their legacy. He was the key pawn in the Porzingis trade. Now Leon Rose couldn't care less about that trade. Dennis Smith is just a point guard. But again, they are, they put him out on media day, one of three players to talk. They are trying to make him visible. And from what I'm told, they're trying to boost that non-existent trade uh, value. Um, God, so, so harsh. I mean, you're talking about the guy like he was the worst player in the NBA last season. Oh, wait, he probably was. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Um, it really wasn't. You know, listen, I don't. I feel bad for him too, and I just want to say, I know he had a rough. It it really was, and you could, from his words, you know, he he talks very philosophically about um, bouncing back from something like that, and he's he's he does sound confident that this year will be different, and let's pray for him. I I I hope it is for for many reasons. Um, you mentioned Perry. Uh, I don't want to say he's the forgotten man, but you know, Leon Rose has done a lot of, a lot of work behind the scenes. Perry is still here. I, do you think that is, here's the impression I've gotten of the front office. And you tell me if I am way off, if I'm on the right track, that Leon Rose likes the idea of collaboration. He likes getting all the voices in the room and um, ultimately it's going to fall on him to make the decision. But I, you know, it is encouraged for you to, if you are a member of the front office, speak up, have your voice. And Tibbs also, I should say, as he admitted yesterday, he said he was, he was involved in these decisions. Um, do you think that they Perry is still on good good footing um, here? Or where, where, do you, where do you think on that? Yeah, this is a very delicate topic. Uh, yeah, that's why I put it delicately. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, listen, I'm told that if the Knicks ever trade for – Oladipo, that will show that Perry still has a lot of power. I think Interesting. Perry drafted Oladipo in Orlando, loves the kid, thinks he could still play. I think I think that's not off the table. I think they just want to see him play this season before they make a move. I mean, obviously, he didn't look the same mm-hmm. coming off that. It wasn't an ACL. It was like a tendon tear. I oh, mean, it was Yeah, it was bad. It's, it's not what you want. Yeah, it's not the, the, the normal. So – I think they want to see him play, but Leon Rose doesn't have a, a great amount of interest in Oladipo. We've written this that, you know, Perry, you know, would explore it more. I'm told from sources that Oladipo is getting along great with the new coaching staff. I saw you wrote that today. Yeah. yeah uh, so he's not maybe as available. I'm sure the Pacers are going to want a lot of stuff back, but listen, the, the, the second, the, the first round pick with quickly. I'm not sure that quickly was 25th on Scott Perry's board. I know Interesting. that uh, Kenny Payne had a big, big influence in that pick. He's 
he's on the record raving about Maxi, but I'm trying to wonder if if Payne thinks that Maxi, uh, rather that quickly could turn into the better pro. I'm not sure. Like you know, they had similar numbers, and listen, SEC Player of the Year went to quickly, not Maxi, and but Maxi got all the lottery attention. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, getting back to Perry, yeah, I'm not sure he was 25th on his board. Uh, but you're right about Leon. He wants to hear voices from everywhere, including his right-hand man, William Wesley, <laughs> a partner of his for years and years and years. So there are a lot of voices. Sometimes that's terrific. Sometimes there's too many uh, chefs in uh, making the soup. But uh, for right now, if Maxie, uh, if Ma- uh, if I keep saying Maxie, but if quickly turns yeah. out to be a solid rookie, then you got to tip your hat to Leon Rose and uh, going with not just Scott Perry's opinion, but, you know, the whole uh, consensus. I'm looking outside. It's a cold day. What, what's your favorite type of soup, Mark? <laughs> well, French onion soup, actually. There's nothing better than... No, there's nothing better than French onion soup. <laughs> okay. Um, we, <laughs> you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned William Wesley. Um, I... Um, Again, this is my guess. This is my crazy theory. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it at you because you've had some crazy theories. So I'm gonna use my crazy theory. I think that they are gonna try very hard to trade for a name, a guy, a whatever before next summer's free agency starts. Now that could be next week. That could be at the trade deadline. That could be on draft night. I think they're gonna try to trade for a guy. And then I think that will put them in a position to at least get a meeting or two next summer. Do you think I'm way off with that? Or do you think there might be some crazy? I think you're spot on $18 million left in cap space, which facilitates a trade for a star. You don't have to exchange exact salaries. You can slip some of that contract uh, into that cap space. So you're right. They, that was the other thing that I didn't bring up this uh, past free agency, there's not like even R- Rajon Rondo. He doesn't look at the Knicks roster and say, "Oh, I want to play with that guy." Yeah. And Wally Zerbiak, when I spoke to him a few days ago, or maybe Bobby Marks also mentioned it. Actually, Bobby mentioned it. He said they need a guy like Toppin or Kevin yep. Knox or one of the young guys to really step up, and so a free agent will look their way and say, "Yeah, I want to play with uh, Obi Toppin." So, yeah, right. So if you get a if you trade for a star, it's not his choice. I mean, a lot of times a team won't trade for a player who doesn't want to be there. But if they trade for a, a standout player, then you got that one piece to help recruit uh, a second piece. Because as Charlotte proved, you don't necessarily need cap space to sign, you know, an all-star level player whom the Hornets believe Hayward is. The Knicks were high on him. They thought he could be a nice starting piece to jumpstart this thing, but no way were they were going toward the, you know, four years, 120. But, you know, they could have. They have the cap space. I was thinking, like, if Hayward, I thought they may get him with a massive one-year deal. This is before. I heard. I heard they thought they had him at three for 70. That's what I had heard. Well, they thought they would get him for two. They really okay. They went into free agency say we're going to get him for two years. Interesting. And then when it to, went to three and four, it was like, and I guess it was reported they went to four. Yeah. But 
you know, not. Well, there may have been a partial guarantee on that four. We don't we don't know what if that was a real four year deal or not. Yeah. But they were blown away. They could not believe that Charlotte. uh, (laughs) Nobody. could. Yeah. It's a risky move. And then they're all in on Gordon Hayward. We'll see. Um, okay, a couple more, and then uh, I'll, I'll get you out of here. Um, the The roster is at so if you take away the two ways and you assume that Miles Powell will stay on the Exhibit Ten, which maybe is not a safe assumption. Well, you know, we'll see. Um, I could tell you seem to think that Michael Kidd Gilchrist is going to make this final fifteen man roster. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, uh, he's known William Wesley all, all his life, but calls him his uncle. Shot is shot, but uh, he, he did not have a good. When he went to Dallas, he did not play well. He was with Charlotte his whole career, gets cut, and then in the bubble, I think he arrived late, but he never got acclimated with the Mavericks. They didn't even care to go after him. And listen, he signed a non guaranteed deal, so I knew his stock was low. But I had heard before free agency, we had done a story. Yeah, the Knicks want to bring in MKG. Uh, listen, he's a defender. Thibodeau's a defensive coach. He's mm-hmm. not a good three-point shooter. I feel oh, he's going to make the team over Brezdikas. Again, another <laughs> Perry draft pick. And the when you pitchforks will be well, out. The torches, well, know, the pitchforks. I know. He, if he that happens. Play in preseason. they got to at least see what he has. Uh, nine games last season. As I've written multiple times, the Knicks gave Sacramento $1 million to trade up in the second round to get this kid out of Michigan. Scott really thought he could be an NBA player, a slasher, but he's slow on defense. But, yeah, I think MKJ is going to have find a role. Uh, he's great in the locker room. And, again, that That's CAA good. Kentucky, uh, you know, thing is is a real thing. And, and so real that Thibodeau had to – was asked about it on Zoom and said, ah, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I I admire Tibbs. He is, you know, he, he gives, I, I like his answers. He's, he keeps it, keeps it fresh. Um, okay. Uh, who have we to? Oh, the um, Nerlens Noel. You, uh, you posited a theory that he is absolutely going to be in the running for the starting center position. Again, talk about Nick fans getting um, their, their torches and, and pitchforks out. I read his answer or listened to his answer that he gave. It sounded to me like he's not conceding the starting job to Mitchell Robinson, right? Um, you Do you think that's a real – because here's what I haven't been able to figure out. We know the organization is fully invested in R.J. Barrett. I can't – I still can't get quite a read on if they are as all in on Mitchell Robinson to the point where – We've heard nothing about whether they've even attempted to engage Clutch on a contract extension this summer, which they can do. We've heard nothing about it. Or, you know, and there were real rumblings. Would they would they put him on the market? Where, where do you think that things sit with um, with Mitch as of right now? Yeah, it was a very interesting answer by Thibodeau yesterday. He's asked about Mitchell Robinson, and he gave a, a response like he's got a long way to go on impacting winning. He makes – it sounded like Thibodeau was saying he makes some great plays, but he's just not consistent enough. And he, he's out of position a lot of times on defense. As as great as his shot blocking is, sometimes as a pure defender, you know, he's not where he needs to be. So uh, I was very surprised that it wasn't more glowing. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about Nerland's Noel and 
saying that, well, you know, we're very fortunate also to have Nerland's Noel. He does a lot of the same things that Mitchell Robinson does. So, and, and Noel had a very nice season with Oklahoma City. It's Oklahoma City, so we don't hear about it. But, you know, he, he was a, a shining light there. So I really believe if I had to guess right now or speculate, I would say Noel's the starting center uh, on opening Oof. night. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I, even uh, the answer from Noel – he was asked, do you, you know, do you help start? And he says, listen, I'm a competitor and I'm going in with uh, that type of mindset, but I want to be a mentor. And last season, Taj Gibson was a terrific influence on Mitchell and Taj yeah. Gibson was the starting center. And maybe Mitchell in his, uh, in this, you know, season, he'll want to start. But last season, he was very content yeah. to play good minutes, but coming off the bench. He says he gets some guys like Kevin Knox, could not adjust to the bench role. But Mitchell said he likes it. He gets to see what's going on. And then. Yeah. And that was genuine. He had a he, real feel. People, people thought when he said like, I'm cool coming off the bench that he was just saying the, the, the party line. No, he, I, I thought he meant it hundred percent. He did. It was genuine. Kevin yeah. Knox. That was the party line. Kevin Knox wanted to start. That's all he's known. And he was thrown off by coming off the bench to start the season for Marcus Morris, but you couldn't complain about it because Morris was their best player, turned yeah. into their best player. My concern w- with that was when Morris got traded, as we mentioned, why didn't Knox go into the starting lineup just to see it, just to give him confidence? That never happened. But I think Mitchell, if I had a bet right now, I think Nerlens Noel is going to outplay Mitchell and be the starter on opening night. Not to say that will last, but I think opening night, Noel might be the starter. I, I want I want some social media person out there to to clip Mark Berman saying this and get and put it on. I don't know how do you send a, a sound clip to a player? Uh, t- tweeted at Mitchell Robinson's light a light a fire under his ass. Um, okay, uh, who else was I going to ask about uh, before I let you out of here? Oh, um, Obi Toppin. I agree with you. I think he's going to be the guy that is going to pop. Um, Two years ago, this organization trumpeted uh, Kevin Knox from the rooftops. Last season, they trumpeted R.J. Barrett from the rooftops. Do you think um, there could be another shift, or do you think R.J. Barrett will continue to be the apple of the organization's eye along with Obi? Could you see Obi nudging ahead? I'm always curious to see what their messaging is, because as we know with the Knicks, messaging is, you know, it's a part of what they do. Well, Obi's got the Brooklyn thing going, so I think right now he's going to be the hot name. If he plays well, yeah, they're going to be pumping him up as the face of the franchise. Uh, Right now, their best player is still probably Julius Randle. I mean, that's the biggest issue. Who's the number one option? Who's getting the ball in the final minutes? Can Obi and Julius even be on the floor in the final minutes together? Are you surprised they didn't trade Julius? Because I frankly am a little bit surprised. Listen, there's no doubt that He's been available for months. But Putting it politely. <laughs> I, I think another factor is increasing Julius's trade value. He came on strong uh, late in the season. He played better under Miller. He started to figure out. People in the organization say, watch, he's going to be a little different this season. Mike, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's been working out in Dallas. And I don't know if he's lost weight. We haven't spoken to him yet. He's not on tap on Zoom for set the second day of this, quote, media Media session. Media week. Yeah, media week. Um, <laughs> but 
yeah, the, the big concern is with uh, Julius is how many minutes he'll play this season now that they want to really showcase Toppin. But again, it comes back, back to Thibodeau's comments yesterday saying, I'm going to play the guys who impact winning. And if Toppin is not playing well enough on defense, maybe he won't get the minutes that we expect. Maybe he'll come off the bench and is only an 18 to 20 minute guy. But uh, yeah, I think that, uh, that Julius is definitely for sale, especially in a mega deal where they could just put Julius and some draft picks and you got a, you got a $30 million player. I don't know who that player is going to yeah, be. I don't know yet. Maybe like Embiid wants to be here or is disgruntled in Philadelphia, doesn't get along with Doc Rivers. They are looking for that disgruntled star to fill in that cap space because they are right now they they can make trades galore. They have that type of space where they are in great position to make trades. Well, you know who Joel Embiid is is represented by. Yeah, um, exactly. uh, last one. Uh, this is going to seem obscure, but I have to ask you about this. You have been saying for uh, since last season that Damian Dotson would be as good as gone, and you were dead on. You were you you were on that the whole time, and it shocked a lot of Nick fans. It's surprised me only because he, he could have been had for a $2 million qualifying offer, which is not a lot of money. We, how do I put this delicately? Was there something more going on behind the scenes with him over? Like I could never figure it out. It's the one I, I this organization does so many batshit crazy things. Never giving him a real shot is the one thing I couldn't even come up with a reason for. Is it, can you shed any light whatsoever on that? I mean, listen, Phil Jackson drafted him with Steve Mills as the GM. They are both long gone. Uh, Scott Perry never took to him. Uh, I was told that that rookie year, so Scott comes in uh, after that draft, and I was told that rookie year, Scott would be chatting up all the young players and all the players, and he kind of ignored Dotson. I think I may have ridden to that once and I got reprimanded of course but <laughs> Dotson never felt that he had the backing of upper management and he is a darn good player a great he character he's a decent three-point shooter that shoulder injury really hurt him it, it took away like five months of shooting practice uh, but he's a three and D guy who's got a great attitude works hard yeah. Cleveland is going to play him and I, I'm glad to see him with a fresh start with management that wants to build around him or have, not build around him yeah, but no, be part be a piece of the puzzle um, Mark Berman I, I miss uh, our, our late night uh, train rides uh, back to Long Island uh, I don't know if they're going to happen this season maybe you know maybe next year um, thank you for coming on um, can you can you tell the fine folks at home that the seven of them who don't know where where to find you um, where to find your stuff yeah well newyorkpost.com nypost.com and uh, on the newsstand we're still selling papers and believe it or not I tweeted it out Nets were on the back page over I the Knicks on media day which is a shocker but it's a big picture of Kevin Durant and the Knicks have a small tease but as I tweeted, times are a change and the Nets are going to be very interesting. Um, it was your story that they put in. I, and I said, I, nobody puts Berman in the corner. I have to, this is not, it's just no, not I, okay. I, I stepped aside for Kevin Durant for uh, the day. How but, nice of you. Listen, we'll see what happens. The Nets still don't get the clicks on the website, but they 
they should get good ratings and they'll be on Christmas. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah. It'll be fun. They they need more fans. They deserve more fans. They don't have the fans right now. No, they don't. No, they don't. Uh, And that I don't feel bad about. Uh, Mark Berman, you're the best. I'm going to stop recording and uh, stick around for one sec. 